it's an honor to be, to take the pulpit for anybody. You know, because I can just step in here, hopefully do a good job ministering to all of you, say something that each of you need to hear, what the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding. But the awesomeness of this pulpit, and the awesomeness of being the head or the shepherd, the under shepherd under Jesus, but the shepherd of a body, and loving and caring for each of you is unbelievable. It's something I don't actually want to do at all and can't even fathom how, you know, what. it's such an honor for that Pastor Mike and Melody have. And the love they have for each of you is beyond words. I can't even begin to... to uh, Imagine what it would be like with, uh, you know, somebody they didn't love the way they do. And, and, and the awesome responsibility of what is it that each of you need to hear from God today and have to come up and minister that. And then they're always busy. Pastor Melanie's usually doing something with the children. So she's ministering to the children and making sure they're hearing what they need or the nursery. So thank you for coming today. And... Uh, just want to get into a couple of things here. I could go about five different directions, but we are going to talk about being complete in Christ. But before we do that, I wanted to talk about the songs we just sang. And I didn't have a plan to go here. But hallelujah. I mean, it's a name that, that transforms every language as far as I know. There's no different meaning to it than hallelujah for every language, to the best of my knowledge. It's an all-encompassing word of Hallelujah, you have saved me. Now, saved, we talked about that last time. Saved is, um, means that you're, uh, you're saved, you're healed, you're delivered, you're set free, and you're made whole. You're prosperous. Saved covers every part of your life, and we, we just have to accept what Jesus already did for us. So, hallelujah, you have saved me so much better this way. We don't even understand what we're saying when we say so much better this way. I mean, without the way of God saying, I'm going to come, I'm going to redeem man back to me. I'm going to send Jesus, my only son, which, by the way, I wouldn't want anybody or on anything. You don't want to lose a son. You don't want to lose a daughter. You don't want to lose any, any, any of your family. And yet God was willing to send his son to be here for us. So that was just a, an amazing song. But then... The, we also saying you took on you you took on the grave so that not even death can shake us so we have a, a, a hope and a call and a promise of God that death can't even shake us uh, we go from glory never we will never be the same higher forever changed those are all things we sang today you know that praise and worship ushers in the spirit of the Lord it ushers in when you all join in to praise and worship, you're joining into the ability to, that for myself and for pastor, but you're ushering in the Lord. What you're singing, they're not just songs. They're words of power. They're words of grace and favor and faith that if you take them upon yourself and you believe what you're saying, nothing is impossible to you. Nothing is kept from you. Every promise of God is yours because of what you're saying, what you're believing. And those words in the songs, that's exactly what they mean. It means that we have it. We are forever changed by the word of God, with, by singing and saying what we're doing. We enter into thanksgiving, and we enter into his courts with praise by doing these things. So we're thankful to the Lord. So 
I'm going to continue on with what Pastor Mike's been talking about all year, um, kind of in some ways, but it also it, it's about healing. You know, we're, we're believing for healing this year, believing that healing is, is ours and that we're going to step into some places in healing that we've never been before. But I'm going to talk about kind of what I talked about before, which is we're completing Christ. We talked about personal identity before. But it's just building on what pastor's talking about. Pastor's always completely talking about the love of God. The love of God shed abroad in your heart. And all those songs we sing are all about the love of God. He is our God. He is for us. Who can be against us? There, no weapon formed against you should be able to prosper in any way. So we're going to talk about the things that help us to accomplish exactly what we just said. That no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That we are the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. The glory of the Lord is upon us. We step into and walk into all the things of God. His promises are yes and amen. And he watches over his word to perform it. His word is powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It, it divides between what we know and what the spirit is telling us. And it takes away what the world is trying to bring at us every single day. And it puts us into a place of where the Holy Spirit can minister to our spirit and divide, put that dividing line down saying, this is the truth for you because you are a child of God. And this is a truth that the world is trying to put on you, which is actually just a, 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 an imitation. It's not even a truth. It's a story that's being told to try to sway people which way to go. But God's word never changes. His story is always there. It's always the same, and it's always the truth. So when we walk in the things of God, when we walk in the truth of the God's word, we have those things that he says we can have. And one of the things that's really good to say is it's, if we say, I have all, everything that God says I have. I say only what the word of God says I should say. And I do those things which God is prompting me through his Holy Spirit that's living in me to do doesn't matter if you mess up on a daily basis or even an hourly basis if you believe that and you try to do those things along with the other things we're going to talk about today you can live a life of victory for you have already been bought with a price it's not going to be it's not in the end it's not someday i'm going to be you are already bought with a price jesus blood his life his death his burial and his resurrection that that is complete. Nothing can take that away, and nothing can diminish it apart from us, our own beliefs and our own words, our own thoughts, our own actions. doesn't change it because we are already in Christ. So therefore, all we got to do is jump right back into what we know, jump right back in. God's right there. He's never left us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. So... Um, We'll do our scripture for the year. It's uh, John 16, 33. We'll just say this together. We've been saying it all year. Um, so if you'd say this with me. But when he, the spirit of truth, the truth given spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth, the whole full truth, for he will not speak his own message on his own authority, but he will tell whatever he hears from the Father. He will give the message that he has given to him, that has been given to him. So amen. Can you put it back on the first part of that? So right here is exactly everything I've just been talking about 
is exactly here. When we were born again, we were given the spirit of truth. And that spirit of truth is the dividing line. It's where it divides between soul and spirit. It divides between heaven and hell. It divides between the earth and a lie. It divides between truth and a lie. So he's the spirit of truth. He comes and he guides us into all truth. So if the Bible tells you, if everything in the word is yours, and it, and it says this is yours, if he guides you into all truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth is what we hear in the, in the United States, right? So help me God. Well, it comes somewhat from this scripture, actually. He guides us into all truth. He, he will not speak his own message or of, of his own authority. He, there's no jealousy in heaven where the Holy Spirit and it's, it's jealous of what God has and, what, and, the, and of what Jesus did. It's all there. They're all part of it. And the Holy Spirit is here for us. And he will tell us whatever he hears from the Father. All right. So that's our, that's our yearly scripture. We've been saying that every year or every week this whole year. So I'm hopeful that as you go forward that you learn different um, translations of that as you, you know, whether you're, that was the Amplified, um, or Amplified Classic, actually. You can learn it in the New King James, learn it in a bunch of different ways that you can tell what the Word of God is trying to tell us. So, all of that being said, if we are complete in Christ, then our identity is in Him. Um, we believe that healing is here. We believe that freedom is here. Um, so, if our identity is in Him, could we look up uh, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, please? Um, so I do have these scriptures on the side too so therefore we also since we were surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight so this is what it's talking about right there when I was talking earlier when we've already been received into the gospel or into the grace and favor of God when we've already said and it's so easy to become saved it's yes I believe that what you said is true, and I believe that you have come and given and died for me, and you give your life for me. So therefore, um, we're, we lay aside every weight. So when we when we have a weight, when we have somebody that is telling us, you know, or some thought that comes to our mind that says, "Look, this is uh, this is not of God," or "This is this is what you need to do," or "This is who you are," or "You're nobody likes you," nobody cares what you do, um, everybody is against what you're saying. Um, right here saying it's not true we say we lay aside those weights and the sin which so easily ensnares us and we let us run with endurance the race that is set before us so do you know that each of you has a race that has been set before you and God doesn't take it away God didn't say I'm going to give you this and then take it away he said this is the race that I've given you and I look to you to run this race nobody can run your race for you and God doesn't ever take it and say, "This is I'm not good. You can't have it any longer." So, um, go to the next part of it, please. Oh, looking unto, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. All right, Amen. So, what I'm talking about here is, if if we're complete in Christ, then that is who we are. So we are, we're sitting down in the, at the right hand with him. We look unto Jesus. Um, we are complete. We know him, and he, he is in us. Um, for in him we live, and we move, and we have our being. Um, 
So who do we believe? Or what, whose report do we believe? What report do we want to believe? That's what I'm trying to get at. So if we're complete in Christ, there's a few things here that um, I think are really important that we understand. Some of the things that might try to hinder us from accomplishing all that we've t I've talked about so far. You know, first of all, you've got to be saved. Of course, we, we've talked about that. It's saved means so. So it's uh, saved, healed, delivered, set free, made whole, and prosperous. And it even means more things than that. So I told you last time, that means in a nutshell, that there's nothing missing in your life or nothing broken. Now, if that's not who you are at this time, it's okay. But that is who you are when you're a, a child of God. That is what God has said that you are. That is what God has given you the ability and the authority to be is nothing missing, nothing broken. You are a, a, a child of God. So, um, and then, of course, we talked about grace, the grace of God. You know, his grace, his favor, his goodness, his mercy. So, uh, Colossians 2.10, if you would, please. And you are in him made full and having come to a fullness of life in Christ, you too are filled with the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual stature. And he is the head of and ruler of an authority of every angelic principality and power. So with that being said, if he is the head of every principality and power, if he is the ruler, if he's over all those things, then what can come against you? Who can be against you? Who can take over and, and, and come against you and actually win without you allowing it to happen? Not, no, I'm not going to say it that way. Without us maybe not having some things going on in our lives. But God's word is always true. God's word will not fail. If he watches it to perform it, then he expects you to use the word and it never, ever returns void. Never, when you pray and believe, we receive is what the word of God says. So I'm just pointing out some different places in the Bible that will help us to accomplish all of these things, whether we're there or not right now, does it? That's not what we're talking about. All right, so um, Colossians 2.10 in the Passion, and our own completeness is now found in him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness, and he overflows within us. He is the head of every kingdom and every authority in the universe. So, um, so that's our grace. So we're, we're going by grace. Grace, we're trained. Um, God's grace is a prerequisite to uh, a godly living. And God's grace, just so you know, is God's unmerited favor. Um, by grace, we are saved, not of ourselves. It is a gift of God. We have abundance of grace through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. So that's a, So we're working, we're saved. God's grace begins to work in us. Um, and we're just talking about being complete in Christ. So then we go to um, um, our authority as a believer. So our authority as a believer, authority means the right to command. So when you have authority, when Jesus said, all authority I've given to you, he says, you have the right to command. You have the right to command every part of your life. You have the right to command every part of the word of God coming in and going to and working in your life. You have the right to command every part that the enemy tries to bring against you and everything the enemy would try to say 
as, no, you have no place in my life. You have a right to command. You have the authority. It's been given to you by Christ Jesus to walk in all the things that Jesus already provided for you. But God said, greater works than these shall you do. The only way that we can do greater works than Jesus, I can just, this is personal belief, is because he was one person in one place at any given time. And just look in here now. There's 50 of us in here. There's hundreds, thousands in, in, in other churches in Pueblo and in, and in Colorado, and tens of thousands and millions of people around the world. If we all catch the fire and catch the confidence of the understanding of who we are in Christ, if we all understand that we have the authority that Jesus had, then nothing, nothing of any kind shall be impossible for us. We will succeed. We have the victory. We have the victory. So really what we have to do is decide, I'm going to have all that he says I have. I'm going to live in all the things that God says I can live in. I am blessed. I am prosperous. I am full of life. I am the healed of the Lord, and I do say so. That's what we're believing. Healing. Healing is now. Healing is ours. That is who we are. In Christ, we have all these things. And we can walk in these things, and we can have, not only walk in them, we can have victory in every single area of our lives because the Word of God says that's who we are. Believe it or not, doesn't matter what you've said or whatever you've done, whether you believe it or not is really one of the keys to doing, to walking in that authority. We are victorious. We have the authority of Christ. We have the right to command. It's the power. Here's another part of what authority is. Authority is the power to influence or command others. That's what authority is. If you look at a general or somebody that's in charge of the military or even a captain of a police department or whatever, they have authority. They have authority to command. And not only do they have authority to command their own people, but they have authority in necessary times to command whoever and whatever they need to command to make the situation what it needs to be. That's what you have. That is who you are in Christ, the authority of Jesus is yours. It's the we have, Matthew 10, 1, we're not going there, but it has, we have the right to use the power uh, of, of another, and that's of Jesus Christ. We are authorized. We're an authorized dealer of God's power. So if you think about a car, you know, there's, they are authorized dealers, and they're like the Ford. If there's somebody selling a Ford or Tesla or whatever it is you guys like, um, there's an authorized dealer that is allowed to sell those. And unless it's used, nobody's allowed to sell brand new cars unless that was authorized to do. Well, we are authorized dealers, if you want to call it that, if you want to think of it that way, of Jesus and his word, of the authority of the word of God over our lives. It is ours, and we have that authority. We have, no, we have the victory in every part of that life, of our life for us. Um, we have the power because remember, authority is power. We have the power or the ability to get results every single time. If we don't, that's okay. But we have that power. We have that authority. Every born-again believer has already been born into the power to cast out demons and to heal the sick and all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. You have been told that you have the ability to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. 
doesn't matter if you've done that a thousand times or that's never worked. That is your authority. That is who you are in Christ Jesus. That is you. That's the true you is that authority. When I was told this, and I, I do truly believe it, that when God looks at us, he don't see me or Ed or Tim or any other person in here. Paul, he sees Jesus when he looks at you. He sees Jesus when he looks at you and at you and at you. Because he's not looking at your failures or your faults or your shortcomings. He's looking at what he already gave you in his son. And that's what he believes you are. That's who you are. Jesus. Now you are not Jesus in the, in the body and in the flesh. But when God looks at you, he, he looks at the exact same image of what he sees his son. Because his son already took care of all that other junk. All the junk that tries to come on you and cloud your mind and think you're not worthy or that you're not going to do it or you just don't want to. He's already done all that. He's already taken care of all that. So we have been given a power. So one other example of this, and I'm going to move on from this. Um, so everybody knows that in a, in a home or in a building, there's a light, a light switch. And in that room, if there's no lights, or there's no windows or anything, there's complete darkness. If, there, if light can't get in, the darkness prevails, right? So, but the second you turn on the switch, what happens? Light floods the, and darkness has to go, right? Well, it's the same in the spirit. You are the light of the world. You are who God made you to be. You're the light that is not hidden under a bushel. So when you walk into a room, you, light, you are the light of that room. You have the ability and, and the authority and all the power and, and all the love of God in you, able to permeate out of you. So an example of this would be, so when you turn that switch on, let's say it's a pitch black room. I know, some people, I know people have been in it somewhere that's totally black, absolutely black. When that light switch is turned on, it's not like light creeps out of the room. It goes immediately. So light or darkness has to leave the second light comes in. And that's who you are. And that light is yours. God's already given you all these things for healing, for prosperity, to be whole, to be sound of mind. He's given all of that to you. And if you haven't plugged into all those things, it doesn't mean it's not yours. All you got to do is hit the switch or plug into the outlet. And that power is already there. It's already yours. So that's who you are. So those are, that's another thing that we're, we're able to do. So our faith, our faith is one of the things, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. One of the ways that we recover or we become who we are in Christ is by our faith. Um, you know, we're able to move mountains by our faith. We're able to uh, believe that people are, are healed and they're going to be, and they can be healed. You lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. But it also says that faith comes by hearing. So you're hearing the word right now. But one of the things I do, and it's relevant if you do it or not, but I do try to read the word out loud even when I'm alone and I'm studying for myself. And the reason I'll do that is two reasons. One is because of this right here. One is I want to hear the word of God. And I know that it's producing faith in me even as I'm hearing it, reading it. 
But the other reason I want to hear it is because words have power in and of themselves. And God's word always has power in it. So um, I'll, I'll listen to it, I'll hear it, and, and I'll speak it out loud so that I can have the authority of that as I'm reading it. Um, so we're saved by faith. Um, we meditate. So the meditation of our heart, there, um, there are things that are in our heart what we have our faith in and what we have inevitably will inevitably come out of our mouth. So, and this is kind of going from Hebrews 10, 21, Luke 6, 45, and Matthew 12, 34. But the, it's talking about what you have in your heart, the meditation of your heart, what's in there, what's on your life, what you, you know, it says to take every thought captive. But if you're meditating continually on things that are um, not of the word of God, then... What's it, what you're meditating on is going to eventually come out. That's just the way it is. The, what you're full of is going to overflow. So whatever words or whatever thoughts you allow in there and you don't take captive are going to become the words of your, your life. And that's the next part of this. Our words are the most powerful force in the universe. And we talked about this last time. The small, everything is held together by words, by sound. And we know that. So our words are the most powerful force in the universe. Um, and, but the Bible also says that we're snared by our words. So if we're not achieving all the things that we talked about today, I would just think that one of the, I would ask that one of the things you might want to do is just look at what words you're saying. Are you praying one thing and asking people for prayer or believing something, but yet going out and saying a bunch of different things during the day? I don't know if you are or not, but words have power. Every word has power that proceeds out of our mouth. So we ask, I would just ask that you would look at that because it says, the Bible says in Matthew 18, 18, whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. And whatever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. So we can loose the promises of God and we can bind all the things that are trying to come against us. You can't look at what the world has going on out there and have any kind of faith if you're letting the world, if you're just listening to the news and everything else and, you, and you're letting it into your heart because it's just bad news. Nobody's given anything but bad news. And they're making it worse, and they're giving it the news the way they want you to understand it, portray it, and see it. So this, the Word of God, is giving you a complete look at what's much better than that. So the words will ensnare us. Um, God's Word has continuous power. This is in Isaiah 55. Um, it will accomplish that which he has sent it to do. So the only thing that will keep God's Word from having power is unbelief in our lives or not or our failure to speak it. it says it right there God's word has continuous power it will accomplish that which he sent it to do so we have to not we have to believe it which is where faith comes in and we have to speak it and then in Matthew 7 7 and 8 it says when we seek him we will find him so if you wonder you know I can't hear from the Lord he's not I feel like I'm far from him like there's something between him and I that he doesn't speak to me. Well, the word says that when we seek him, we find him. So you have, he's never left you. He's there. And it's a lie that's saying that, no, you've done too much. You can't come into God. You're going to be, you got to go, you know, you got to do something different. Or to say that you can't hear God. It's not true. You can hear God. God is there. He wants you to hear him. He gave us his Holy Spirit 
to allow us to walk in fullness of him continually every day of our lives. So we have that. Um, when we speak, things obey. That's in Matthew 16, 9. So when you speak to your body, you speak to the pain, you speak to your finances, you speak to your marriage, you speak to your children, you speak to their futures, you speak to whatever it is, when you speak to things, they have to obey according to the word of God, according to the power and the authority that God has given you. Um, the Bible says in Mark eleven twenty three, you all know that, well, that we shall have whatever we say. So over and over and over here, it's talking about the words of our mouth and about what we need to do and what we can have. It also says in Isaiah 54, 17 and, and Proverbs 1, 3, that no weapon of any kind formed against us shall prosper in any way. One of the things that I would ask that you do with the word of God and when you sing songs or anytime you're talking about the word is make it personal. Don't, don't say they or this or, you know, make it personal. Put yourself in there. Make it an I. Make it a personal statement. Especially when you're alone and reading it to yourself or you're singing, you know. Healing is here and I believe it. Some of the songs that we sing are just so full of life and all of them are, but some songs that are there out there maybe don't put it as a personal touch and I would just ask you inject yourself into each part of it so that it becomes real to you um, all the promises and this is in 2 Corinthians 1.20 I've said it already but all the promises of God are yes and they're amen and that just means so be it amen means so be it God said if this is it it's going to happen it's so it's done um In Ephesians 1, 11, he said he created each of us for a specific purpose. So I think I mentioned this earlier, that, that God didn't make any mistakes. He created you with a purpose and a plan. He did not take it away. He loves you. He wants to, to serve you, or not to serve you. He wants you to uh, be full of life and full of love and full of grace and favor so that he, you, can, you can meet that specific purpose and those special gifts that he's able um, to make us complete in his unique calling for our lives. Um, so it looks like I'm over time. I was going to go into, uh, I will just tell you this. If you could read, if you want to look at something to help you also, um, you can go into 1 Corinthians 1.30. And uh, it just talks about in Christ who we are, meaning that we have been made God. We have his wisdom. We have his righteousness. We have his sanctification. And we have his redemption. If you would study all of those things out, God's wisdom and who you are, that would be in his righteousness. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. His sanctification, no longer our own, we're bought with a price. His redemption, we're delivered free. We've been paid for with a full price of Jesus. Then we'll know. So all of those things, and I may do it if I ever do this again, um, and I don't know. I'll probably maybe just preach on that. I don't know, whatever the Holy Spirit says. But if you just want to look at that, um, God's wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Um, so Ephesians 5.1 literally tells us to be followers or imitators of God as children, as our children imitate us. As you know, our children, you know, especially when they're young, they'll imitate you. And as, even as they get a little older, you'll, start, you'll see some things and, people, and I'm thinking, yeah, that's, that's me. And, 
pretty crazy to see some of this stuff. I even see some stuff in my grandchildren once in a while that's like, okay, I see that they're doing this or they're doing that, and it has a little bit of influence partly on my part or my, my wife's part, or, or I can see their parents in them. So we are uh, literally imitators of God. To imitate him, and this is what I'm ending right here, means that we can walk like him, we can talk like him, and we can act like him. You are who all that God says you are. You have all that God says you can have, and you can do every single thing God says you can do. All right, so if you'd stand up, we'll close in prayer, and then we'll, uh, well, we'll close, but we'll also do the, the uh, announcement stuff. So Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the word of God. I thank you that, Lord, that it will fall upon, that it did fall upon good ground. And it will produce great fruit in each and every person's life here today. That you, most Holy Spirit, have led these people here today to hear something that you wanted to bring about from your word. That you, most Holy Spirit, are leading, guiding, and directing each of them. Their steps that they take today. Every place that they go, every place they set their feet, they prosper in. Everything they set their hands on prospers. So, Father, I thank you that all of your promises, Lord, that we talked about today are yes and amen. That the words of their mouth are speaking life over them. That, Lord, if there's anybody here that has not first received you, they can't do any of the rest of this. So, Lord, we just pray that you've moved on their heart and they desire to know you and they will receive you today. And then everybody else that's in here, Lord, that their hearts are open to receive and to be and to walk in the authority of the believer, the authority of who they are in Christ. And no one, no one will feel that they're undeserving. So we give you praise and honor and thanksgiving today for you are great greatly to be praised in Jesus name. Amen. So be it. Thank you.